Hey, so I said uh, this morning is a little different. Um, we've gone through all the, it's a different time. We've got kids in the service. We didn't sing a song after offering. The last little different piece of, of, the, of this morning is you get to hear from a very special guest speaker. He's amazing. He sings a lot. But this morning he's got something to say. Would you guys welcome Nolan Gilmore? awesome. Hi, everyone. How we doing? Yeah? Oh, I'm awesome. Man, this is great. Well, I usually sing songs, but now I get to talk, and it's going to be great. Thanks for coming along this ride with me. Um, like Cody said, my name is Nolan Gilmore. I've been the worship pastor here at Antioch from the beginning at Hillside Middle School, and just been Plugging right along, seeing God do some really cool stuff. Uh, I'm married to a beautiful woman, Sarah Gilmore. Shout out. And a, an amazingly cute daughter, Ellie Joy Gilmore, who's more popular than the both of us combined, which is, which is okay and, and right. Um, I grew up, a little bit about me, I grew up in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is the northeast corner of, uh, of Arkansas near Memphis, Tennessee. Grew up... Um, in the church, really my whole entire life. My mom worked at the church until I was born and stepped out of that. My dad actually came to know Jesus around the time I was born, and so our family was just going for it. Like, we're going we're gonna to follow Jesus is what we're going to do. And uh, I remember when I was five years old, I was in church, and I uh, looked up in the baptismal. Anyone know what that is? Anyone? Okay. <laughs> it's like where, the bapt- where we usually have baptisms over here. They have it like behind the choir loft and old school church. Anyway. Uh, I look up there, and I got a buddy named Blake, and he's getting baptized, and I'm like, oh, snap. That's what I want to do. That looks awesome. He's playing in the water. That looks so fun. I'm five years old. Like, who doesn't want to do that? And I leaned over to my mom. I was like, mom, I want to do that. She's like, why do you want to do that? I was like, I don't know. I just want to do that. That looks so much fun. So we start this journey of, well, why is he doing it? Well, he gave his life to Jesus, and he is making a public profession of his faith. I was like, well, that's cool. And so we started talking about Jesus, talking about uh, sin, and talking about repentance, and talking about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And as a five-year-old, you know, you get some of the questions right, and some of them you're like, you know, I don't know, doggy. Like, you're just kind of like, anyway. So my mom's a little like, I don't know if he fully gets it yet. So she takes me to um, our pastor, and um, I mean, I can remember this like it was yesterday. You know how you have those memories where you're, like, you remember the smell, you remember everything you saw, like, almost verbatim what was said? That's this meeting for me, like, the, <laughs> the room, the office that he was in is, like, all, like, rich mahogany, leather everything. Like, if he smoked cigars, which I don't think he did because he was Southern Baptist, but if he did, like, that was in there, too. Like, everything just was, like... I don't know, I just, I can smell it all right now, and it's great. And I remember get, being in that meeting, meeting, five-year-old meeting, and, uh, and he was, like, asking me all these questions about Jesus and about following Jesus and committing my life to Jesus, and we walk out, and my mom's, like, you know, on pins and needles. My mom and dad are right there, and, uh, and she was like, well, how do you do? You know, kind of like, did he pass? <laughs> Is he a Christian now? And, uh, and my pastor looked at my mom, and he said, 
Kay, what have you and Doug been praying for, for Nolan, your, his entire life? And she said, well, that he would know Jesus at a young age and follow him the rest of his days. And he said, well, God's answered your prayers. And he knows it. He gets it. And so right then and there, September 23rd, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and haven't looked back. Amen. Um, so for parents in the room, if you're believing for your child to know Jesus at a young age, please contend for that. Please believe it. If God has been asking you to pray for it, which I'm sure he is, like, just go for it. Believe it. Don't be like, ah, they're just too little. They're too young. Don't write them off. Childlike faith. It's a thing. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, please. Hey, this is going to be fun. This is going to be like, usually we all sing together, and now it's just me talking, so it's a little weird. So the more you talk, the more I feel more comfortable, and it'll be great. Um, I've been around music my entire life. So my dad plays, my dad's basically a legend when it comes to music. He's an amazing guitar player, even better man, and just been around music uh, my entire life. Grew up, he would have rehearsals in our home. He would he would play electric guitar in our house. I think I actually have a video uh, that we can show to kind of show you what that was like. <laughs> that face. I'll tell you what, there's nothing like seeing your worship leader play a one-string guitar in whitey tighties and a mock turtleneck. I'll tell you that. And I promise you, you'll never see me in that again. You're welcome. <laughs> Praise God. Um, so I grew up around music, and when I was 12 years old, my dad gave me my first guitar. It was his guitar, and I uh, started playing it, learned some chords. And, and then eventually, I started to think, maybe I could do worship. My dad does worship. I could do worship. And so I kind of started singing because the girls thought that was cool. And so I started singing to... Shout out. And uh, started doing that. And I was 14 years old on a mission trip in St. Louis, Missouri. And I was, uh, I was asked to lead worship at a church that we were serving. And I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can do that. I've never led worship before. I play guitar, and I have sung once or twice. And they're like, oh, you can do it. You can do it. This, this girls did it with you. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Straight up, I'm in. And so at that point, I led my first worship song. You're probably all wondering what it was. Uh, first song I ever led was, I Can Only Imagine, yes, which is like still, just so you know, still like topping charts, in case you're wondering. That song is still impacting lives. Like, that's awesome. Um, and so I've been leading worship for 17 years now. This stuff is in me. I've been doing it longer than I haven't been doing it, and that is, I'm old enough to say that now, so that's weird and, and awesome at the same time. So that's a little bit about me, and kind of where we're going tonight is, what is worship? Why does it matter? What's our role in it? What's our role as a church? And how do we actually live this out? Sound good? All right. Let's do it. Hey, we're going to go to the good old dictionary. Anyone still have a dictionary? That's amazing. Yes. I don't have mine, so I just wanted to know if you had yours. Uh, but it's... The definition of worship is to honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. Number one, that's pretty cool that Webster acknowledges that there's supernatural and divine powers. I think that's a win for the Jesus camp. Pretty cool. Um, and another definition that I have read and heard is that it's an expression of love, whether through deed, song, or thought. And you know, you can worship almost anything. 
Like literally anything. If you can see it, you can worship it. That's what I say. Um, and I think, I think there's something to what we give our resources to, what we give our time to, what we give our thoughts, our emotion, our energy to. Um, we end up worshiping it. And I was, back in 2008, I was learning a bit about a sport they call soccer. Anyone heard of it? Great. <clears throat> if you love soccer, amen, praise God. If you don't, you should, because we are people of the nations, and that is the nation's sport. So let's do it. Let's go. Um, so I learned about this, this sport, soccer, and the fandom that is just crazy globally. And I started to learn about a club called Liverpool Football Club. And I was like, God, send me to Liverpool. Send me. I want to be, I want to minister to the players. I want to do all these things. And again, I, I'm, I'm like learning about, learning what worship is at this time. And, and God was like, well, you're not going to go. And I was like, great. And he said, but you can pray. You can pray for him. And he's like, you know, you look at these people in, in London and he was specifically talking about London at the time, how the UK is very post-Christianity, post-church. Like most of their churches built in like 1408 are empty. Just, they are. And that's just a fact. And they're kind of over. Like they're not a third world country. They don't need anything. Like they're, they're not a desperate people. They just kind of hang out. They don't need God in a sense. And so they're kind of post-Christianity. Well, God started speaking to me. He's like, these people love two things. They love soccer and they love their families. That's about it. He's like... But I want you to realize that they still, whether they are acknowledging God or not, they're still worshipers because they are worshiping soccer. They are worshiping maybe even their families. But it kind of was like a paradigm shift for me. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you know, they might be past church, past all this stuff, but they are still worshipers. That's who they are. That's who I created them to be. And so I feel like that's kind of how we are in America today, you know, not America's kind of past Christianity. It's kind of, kind of over it. Not a lot of decisions are based off of the teachings of Jesus. It's just kind of we do our thing. Everything's politicized, and, you know, it just is what it is. And so I feel like we could take that illustration here and say we could believe and say, you know, this, this country we live in, you know, they, they're kind of over it. Or we could say, you know what, they might be over it right now, but they are worshipers. That's who they're created to be. And so we need to believe and contend for revival in our nation because if we could take the action of worship and direct it back to the one who, deser who deserves the worship, we could see big-time transformation in our nation. It's who we are created to be. Um, so that's what worship is. When we give our attention and our affection, we could go into all the Greek words, and there's like seven words for praise and hallelujah and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to hit on that tonight. That'll be the next time Cody lets me preach in about three years, and it'll be great. But I want to talk about why does this matter? Why does it matter that we worship? I think sometimes we don't really know. Is that fair? We kind of do a lot of things that we don't really know why we do it. We just kind of go, that's what we do. We go to church, sing the songs, guy plays the guitar, sounds good sometimes, and it's great. And I want to just be very clear, the first and foremost reason why we worship is because he is worth it. He is. If you're wondering, how do we know that, Nolan? Do, you, do I take your word for it? can, it's fine, I would take scripture's word for it. Let's go to Psalm 145. If you have a Bible, great. If you don't, we have technology. You're welcome. 
Hey, so we're going to stay here for just a minute, and we're going to read this whole thing, and I want us to really engage with these words of Psalm 145. Sometimes, you know, the pastor just reads the, the scripture, and you kind of just listen to it. I want us to be active listeners, active people engaged to what the scripture is saying. So let's read it in your heart and in your mind as I read it out loud. I will, ex- I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and he's compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord, he's trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you. And you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Just be done. Sounds good. I want to give you permission tonight um, to do something. As you're, I'm speaking to you as your worship leader now. Um, you know, oftentimes, especially since we have church at four and five thirty, a lot can go wrong <laughs> on a Sunday before four o'clock. I, I mean, can I get an amen? Anything? Okay, great. All right. I'm not going to tell you what could go wrong because it's. Things are endless. But, you know, you get to 4 o'clock, you've lived most of your day. You've lived most of your day. You've had two meals already, hopefully, if you're eating right. You've, you know, interacted with people, hopefully. Uh, hopefully you're not just waking up, but maybe some college kids you are. That's great. Um, and I did it. Like, I'm not, anyway, sorry. Um, but we, there's a lot that goes on. So coming into church at 4 and 5.30, you have a myriad of reasons to be disconnected. You just do. Like, that's just how it is. I, I woke up this morning at, like, 545 and got up here for setup and went home, made coffee. And, like, the next thing I knew, I was here ready to preach. And I was like, nothing could have went wrong today. Literally. Like, I didn't have time. Like, it was just, I didn't have time to argue with anyone. I didn't have time to do anything. It was just like, 9 a.m., let's do it. And, which is great. I'm in a great mood. It's awesome. Um, and so I feel like Oftentimes we come in with all these excuses for, man, why we're not connecting with God. Maybe we don't want to sing. Maybe we're not, we're not feeling it. It's just something I'm going to hit on in a second. I want to give you permission. If you are not in a space where you want to connect with God through song, I want you to open your Bible, and I want you to read Psalm 145 the entire time we're worshiping until something switches in your heart that says, okay, I'm in a place now where I can give God glory. All right? So if it's all silent next week, we'll know what's happening. I'll just be fine with it. Y'all, y'all do your thing. We'll keep singing. We're not, we're not afraid. 
just want to give you permission to do that. Um, who in here knows that, the, that faith is key to worship? It is. Faith is key to what we do when we worship God. Oftentimes we sing songs about the things that God does, about the things that he will do, the things that he says, he, who he says he is, all these different things. And this is part of what I'm talking about when I say, hey, if you need to just read Psalm 145 and proclaim that truth, great. Because it takes a lot of faith to worship. It takes a lot of faith to engage your heart with the truths of God and declare them in a way that you are fully surrendered in. Because that's what he wants. He wants us fully surrendered. He doesn't want us just to sing. Whoa. But if I showed up and I sang, I was fine. No, he, he would actually prefer that you would just get before him, be surrendered in everything that you are to him. And sometimes singing helps that. Sometimes singing, we'll talk about it in just a second. Sometimes that unlocks some things in us. I'm not telling you, like, don't ever sing if you're not feeling it. But I would encourage you to find that place of full surrender and then dive into worshiping Jesus because he deserves everything that we have. Another reason why we worship is because it is the one thing, to my knowledge, that God does not give himself. We don't see God just worship himself. I'm gonna, I, got, you know, I got alone privately and I just worship myself. Like that doesn't, doesn't happen in scripture. He created you to worship him. He created you to be the carriers and proclaimers of glory Praise, adoration, holiness. He created you for that reason. He actually created everything. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. And it's Psalm 156. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Isaiah 45, 19 through 21. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Amen. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostrich. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people. Here's where it's, this is awesome. The people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. You were formed, created. Psalm 139, you were formed and created in your mother's womb. You were created for God, for worship, to give him glory that is why you are here. That's why we do this. This is why we worship. This is why it matters. Is because God created us for it. You know, everything in this world that we experience, enjoy, benefit from is a byproduct of being people made to bring glory to God. Everything that you experience and enjoy, God created us to take it and revert it all back to him. Everything. He created everything for his glory. Everything. It's mind-blowing. In short, you're made to worship God, bring him glory. And oftentimes we let our emotions and we let our circumstances, like I talked about, they kind of get in the way sometimes. They just do. We're human. That's okay. Just to let you off the hook. You're fine. Like, but we don't want it to rule the day. We don't want our emotions and our circumstances to rule the day. We have to acknowledge it and say, you know what? I don't feel that today. I don't feel like worshiping God, but I'm going to choose to believe who he is and who he says he is, and I'm going to stand from that place and worship from that place instead of the place of my circumstances and my emotions. Amen? Awesome. Um, another reason why, why we do this, it was modeled for us in Scripture. Who's thankful for the Word of God? Where would we be without the word of God? 
That's a whole other sermon. Psalm 151 through 6, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the trumpet sound, praise him with the lute and harp, we need some lute and harp players up in here, get them going in the band, praise him with tambourine and dance, praise him with strings and pipe, praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. If you're wondering why we got a band, I didn't say it. God did. <laughs> David did. I get it. Right. Luke seven, Luke, Luke nineteen thirty-seven through forty. When he came near, speaking of Jesus, uh, where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And then some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, "Hey, teacher, rebuke your disciples." So good. And Jesus, just being a sweet, kind, direct man, said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Because he created everything to worship him. Everything. Everything he created was to bring glory back to himself. Come on. Probably wondering why we do this in church. Anyone ever wonder that? Why do we start with songs? No one wonders that? Like, come on. Anyone wonder that? Two people do. People running slides. <laughs> come on now. We got to do better. We'll work on that in team night. My fault. I'm just kidding. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. It is modeled for us when we gather together that we would give glory to God, that we would sing songs, and that we would proclaim the name of Jesus through song. Who in here likes to sing? Okay, it's great. About half the room, a little, little bit. More than half. Last service, it was about less than half, so that evens out. It's okay not to like to sing. Hear me when I say that. It's okay not to like it. There's a lot of things that I don't prefer. But there's something about singing that unlocks the things that, God's wants to, that God wants to do in your hearts when you get outside of yourself and, and take heed from Scripture and, and basically, in a sense, fall in line to what God is asking us to do. He's asking us to sing. He's asking us to take what's inside of us and proclaim it through a melodious way. And even if you don't prefer it, I encourage you, press in. Do it. And if you can't, just if you can't do it, read Psalm 145 until you can. And it'll be great. So I just encourage you, you don't have to love it. You don't have to even prefer it but want to look at Scripture and say, God, what are you asking me to do? How are you asking me to, to follow you? How are you asking me to, uh, to worship you? Man, that's good. Speaking of us in worship, us in singing, I want to talk about our role in worship. I want to talk about us and what's happening when we worship. Sometimes, I mean, for the longest time, I just thought that's what we do. We go in, our role is to sing so the worship leader feels better about himself. And it was great because I was the worship leader, and I really appreciated that. <laughs> but I want to demystify something. We, we sing songs about 
uh, oftentimes going to war, going to battle. You know, there's a song, uh, I think Hillsong wrote it, uh, I won't let the storm weather my heart. I won't let the darkness beat me down. Amen. Great song. Y'all, it is a great song, but sung with the thought that we are willing ourselves into breakthrough, I can guarantee you that that breakthrough you desire will not last. The moment you think you're willing yourself into breakthrough, that you're willing yourself into fighting your own battle, the breakthrough won't last, if it comes at all. Because God is our defender. He's the one that fights for us. All we are asked to do in Scripture is to, is to worship Him and pray. That's it. So take the burden off. Every little bit of feeling like, oh my gosh, if I don't sing this song, I'm not going to make rent. I'm just not going to make rent. If I don't do this, you know, I'm not going to be healed. If I'm not going to do this, if I don't sing this louder, this isn't going to happen. Please hear me. We have a part to play in giving him glory, but we do not have a part to play in fighting for ourselves. We don't. It's his job. Praise God it's his job because he's really good at it. He's actually perfect at it. In every situation, every circumstance, the way it ends up is the best. He can't author second best. So the moment we start to take it to our own hands is the moment we start to say, God, what you have is not best. So we need to be a people that are fully surrendered to the call of God as worshipers into everything in every part of our life. Isaiah 42, 10 through 14. We're hitting a lot of scripture. We good? Still there? Active, active listening? All right. Engagement, engaging. Sing to the Lord a new song. We need to write some new songs in this place. Sing his praise from the end of the earth, you who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and those who dwell on them. Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices. Hey, yo, Salt Lake City, that's you. The settlements where Kedar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. What you just see there is a bunch of praise, sing, declare. That's our role, right? We see that? That's our role. Let's go to verse 13. The Lord will go forth like a warrior. Boy, I don't go like a warrior. He does. Praise God. He will arouse his zeal, not ours, like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. That's our God. That's the way he fights for us, and that's what you can be fully surrendered to. So take off the, the mantle of, like, I have to go for it because if I don't, I don't fill in the blank. It's I have to go for it because he deserves it. That's it. That's all. The moment we start to think, oh, this, what I do is going to change something. No, your full surrender will start to change things. I was sitting with a buddy the other day, and uh, I asked him, I was like, hey, why do you, like, why do you worship? Like, what do you feel like your role is when you, like, when you come to church? And this dude loves Jesus, and he's been following Jesus for a long time, and he was like, his initial response was, well, it makes me feel good. And I was like, well, praise God. <laughs> That's awesome. And I kind of was about to say, well, that's not really what I'm looking for. And the Lord was so quick. He was like, do not discredit that feeling, that it makes you feel good. 
Because when you are doing something that is in alignment with the way you're created, like eating healthy, working out, doing anything, loving someone, being kind, you start to feel something different. You were created to worship. So when you are worshiping, boy, I bet you will feel good because that is what you were created to do. That's who you're created to be. So don't discredit that feeling. Don't discredit the thought of like, ah, oh, this is just a feeling. Hey, that's a good feeling. And that's a good feeling. That's a telltale sign that you are in alignment with what God's created you to do and who he's created you to be. Again, I say that all with not letting emotions rule the day, right? Because oftentimes we don't feel good. Oftentimes we don't enjoy something. But if we can stand on the truth of God and the truth that we are made to be worshipers, I think there will be a couple moments where we feel good because we're aligned with who he is and who he says we are. Man, so why does it matter for us here at Antioch Salt Lake City? We put a lot into this. In case you're wondering, a little plug for my team. They work a lot of hours. They were here at 6.30 this morning preparing to, to bring worship in this house. Yeah, let's give a clap. Come on. A lot of resources go into it, a lot of um, man hours, and a lot of prayer, and creative meetings, and things that we're just trying to, trying to create space to give glory to God. And the reason we do that is because we felt like there, was, there were two prophetic words over our church that involved worship. First one being that God said that there would be a new sound come out of Salt Lake City and out of our people. Now that can mean a lot of things. I mean, new believers coming to know, know God new sound, new voices, could mean new songs, could be new worship leaders. So we are just pressing into everything that could be a new sound. We're believing for it. And, and just a sidebar, if you ever had a prophetic word spoken over you, whether you enjoyed it or wanted to run, know that every prophetic word spoken over to you is an invitation. It's not a declaration. We have to partner with what God is saying. And so that's what we're choosing to do with worship. The second prophetic word that was spoken over us as a church is that chains would break off in this valley through worship. And so we want to be a people and a culture that are fully surrendered in our worship, fully giving everything to God, not because we think we are going to do something, but because we believe fully that he is going to do something when we are surrendered to him. And so if you're like, well, those are really great for you guys, heads up, these are your words. These are your words. You can take these. You can start believing with, with God for these things, believing with your church family for these things to happen because you're a part of this worship movement. You're a part of this, we say movement, because we're believing for big things. We're believing for God to write songs that we would, I don't know, do cool things. I don't want to say anything that, I don't, I don't know, fine. But we want to we wanna be people that steward it well, that steward worship well, steward what he's given us well. And so be praying with us and believing with us for God to do the things that he spoke Amen. Awesome. Was it one more thing I want I really want to hit on? I think you've kind of understood tonight. You know, worship is what we're made to do. It's who we're created to be. And oftentimes our society, our whether you you're a believer or not, we often ask, Why am I here? Why am I on the earth? Like, what's my purpose? People always say, I want to leave the world better than I found it. Like, what are you going to do to do that? Like, i got to find what I do, who I am. And if you're that person tonight, I just want you to know I have the answer. You're welcome. Came to church tonight. 
getting the answers to life right here for free, which is awesome. You might not have a what or where calling on your life yet, but you do have a who calling. Your who calling, you are a worshiper. That's who you are. That's who God created you to be. And I would even, man, I might even ask the question or make the statement that you might not even, you might not find or hear that where or what calling until you fully grasp your who calling. So we want to be people that fully understand who we are, who we're created to be, and that we're made to be worshipers. That's who we are. And if you're in the room tonight and you're like, well, um, I don't even know Jesus, so you didn't know my answer. <laughs> Got him. Well, tonight's your lucky night, or today's your lucky day. <laughs> you can know Jesus, and you can step into the who calling that you are a worshiper. That's who God created you to be. Everyone God created, everything God created, he created for his glory, and he created for worship. And so you have an opportunity to step into that tonight. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, whether you had a horrible day today or had a horrible 30 years of life, it does not matter because God is so for you. He is so for your life, and he has massive plans. And if we would just be fully surrendered to him, we could see it come to pass. So I'm going to go ahead and bow our heads. The band's going to come up. And I'm just going to invite, if you want to know Jesus tonight, if you want to know and step in fully to the who calling as a worshiper, that is prepared for you. I just want you to repeat after me and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Jesus, I love you, and I'm so sorry. I repent for the way I've lived my life. I repent for trying to do it myself, do it my own way, do it my own timing. And I accept your forgiveness. I accept the forgiveness that you paid for on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, that you defeated death once and for all. And Lord, I'm choosing to accept you as my Lord and Savior and to follow you the rest of my days. So come into my heart. Rule and reign over every part of me. I'm yours. Amen.